0: was the problem. You didn't want me to be here, because then I spread it around for all of you to have. Uh, welcome to our service. If you're a guest here today, I want to you know, say we're really glad you're here uh, to be Im- involved in this conversation that we're talking about in resolution, or as it's seen here, resolution. solution uh, But we're kind of a family here, as you have taken note, and I want to just say thank you to our staff uh, because I haven't been here for a while. I've had a, a, a family crisis uh, back in Florida. Uh, my da- dad fell three times uh, from Thanksgiving to uh, Christmas, basically, and my mom had to put him in the hospital. He was having hip replacement surgery. Uh, anesthesia at 88 is no small thing. and I know you guys have been praying a lot uh, for, for my dad, and I just want to tell you he's doing awesome uh he's been doing therapy they've got him in between two rails and he's on his feet walking between those two rails so tremendous uh and even though I wasn't here I needed to be there and, and I really thank my our staff uh I, I call them the god squad uh you know based on on Mike's lesson that he did a couple weeks ago uh they are truly the god squad they've been standing in the gap you guys have heard some great lessons Uh, week to week and i also thank my elders because uh you know i had this conversation you know i'm like hey do i do i go do i stay what do i do and and i appreciate so much joe newfield one of our elders he said listen there's going to be a lot of beginnings of the year for you in the future but you will never get back this opportunity that you have to be with your dad during and your mom during this time so I, I just so appreciate the God Squad that we have, our elders, and I appreciate every one of you guys that are that are members of our church. So let's get down to what we're talking about today. And and you know, even though I haven't been here, I've been tracking with you uh, online. Uh, I'm on Fleek, as Mike said a couple weeks ago. Okay, I'm with you. I'm 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 in it. And and here's one of the things kind of bring you up to speed. We've been talking about this whole series called Resolution. And this is one of the quotes that I, I really love that Mike gave us. You know, as you start a year, and, and for me, I got to be honest, I didn't start the year off the way I wanted. Uh, it, it's late. You know, I mean, I, I wanted to get started weeks ago. And so I'm feeling like, man, it's late. And, and I want to get started. And, and, and things come up and you go, But here's the thing that's really important. And Mike mentioned this a couple weeks ago. He talked about goals, hashtag goals. And and he said reaching a goal is only as significant as the quality of the goals that you set. And one of the things that he talked about that he put to you is one of the goals that we need to set as a church is to follow Jesus. That that thing needs to be our goal. Who are we as a church? We're, We're Jesus followers. And, 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 and we need to make sure that that's what we're about and then, and then David uh, stood in the gap last week and, and he uh, introduced us to this whole idea when we make goals and, and start the year off fresh who's the primary perp- perp- person that we're focused on? us the majority of all the resolutions and goals that people set are about self-improvement and you know this question what should I do about me? I should go on a diet. I I should get out of debt. I need to start eating right. I need to get my life together, my schedule together. I gotta clean my office, gotta clean out the garage. You know, whatever it is, that's one of my goals this year. But guess what it's all about? And you need to do those things. Some of you really need to do those things. You know what I'm talking about? You really, really need to do those things. But there's something higher. There's something deeper. And, And that's the whole point of this series. See, because you can do a lot of those things, but there's something not right on the inside that's bringing you down. So this whole idea of the whole series that we've been doing on re-solution is to go over, this whole word re- means do it again, review it, hit it again. And the, the again is we want to go back to the real solution to how to start 2016. See, because I know a lot of you you're not even going to set goals this year. You're not going to set resolutions. And the reason why you're not going to set goals and set resolutions is because you're dealing with reality, and your reality is, my life is so messed up. What's the point? You know, and I know people come to church not because they're doing great. A lot of times they come to church, and that's why I would go to church a lot of times, because I was doing really bad. My life was coming apart. And so, last resort, let's bring God into the picture. You know, because i got nowhere else to go. i got nothing else to, 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 to do. And I, I, I just want to remind all of us, no matter where you are, God is your solution. God is your solution. And if you're a guest here today and you're, you're looking around and you're thinking, man, these people are better than me. And if they only knew about my, my life and who I really am and what's going on in my life, Things would be different. Let me read you a verse here in in, in, in 1 Corinthians, or actually 2 Corinthians 3, verse 16. It says, But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is lifted. What's a veil? A veil is something that just covers your eyes, you can't see clearly. Maybe your failure, maybe your pain is your veil. Maybe things are so bad in your life right now that you can't see past your your disaster, your problems, your situations. And this is a promise from God. Whatever your veil is, if you will turn to God and do things His way versus your way, the veil will be lifted. You know, I, I, I need that. I've been a Christian now for almost 31 years and a minister for 28 years. I just got a confession for you guys to hear. I still got a lot to change in my life. I still got things to work on in my life. And this inspires me. Wherever I am, if I just turn it back to God, and we saw that last week in in, in David's lesson on Nehemiah. What did Nehemiah do? He turned to God. He turned to God, and God used him in a powerful way. So as you're looking around, and don't, don't minimize this, because David talked about this, you have no idea what hangs in the balance of your decisions to embrace the burden God has put on your heart. See, sometimes we can't even see what God's put on our heart because we're, we're so wrapped up in our own life and problems and situations. And God wants to put it on your heart. So much is hanging in the balance with the decision that you make this week, the decision you make today, and you're surrounded by people who just made a decision to turn to God. And their lives are different. You you just saw them line up all service long. Since the beginning, every one of those people was in a place in their lives where things weren't going well. And they turned to God and now God's using them in an incredible way. And I just want to give a shout out to Rachel because she's about to have her whole world changed today. Watch out for Rachel. Watch out for Rachel. So David introduced this question to us last week. What breaks your heart? The divine design that God has put on your heart for you to fulfill and its individual It's something special that he's, he's, he's given you to do that only you can do. But what is it? What is that thing that breaks your heart? And how's it been going with that, you know, mulling over that question? You know, and what are you going to do this year? What are you going to do from here forward? And I believe God speaks to us all the time through circumstance. He's nudging us. He's, he's pushing us. He's saying, hey, 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 listen. Listen. I want you to go this way. And what do we do? Ah, I don't know. I don't know. Here, here's... Here's what David talked about. If you really want to become a better person, then do some do something to make the world a better place. Well, and you know what we do with this? We go, I'm just one person. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm resource poor. I'm a student. What can a student do? What can a high school student do? Can I I can't change the world. I can't make the world a better place. You can make your high school a better place. You can make your classmates a better place or better people by your influence. You can make your college campus a better place. And you say, Well, no, I, you know, I don't know that I can do that. Here, here's, another, here's another way you can look at it. And this was, this was real for me the last couple of weeks as watching the, the last season of my father and mother's life. That's heavy. At the end of my life, I would like people to line up and thank me for. You fill in the blank. What do you want to do? What's your legacy? And we're going to talk about this. In order to answer these two questions that we're looking at, what breaks your heart? And at the end of my life, I would like for people to line up and thank me for, fill in the blank. In order to fulfill these two questions, there's something that gets in the way. See, because in order to do this, guess what? It's going to cost you some life. It's going to cost you some life. It's going to cost you some time. It's going to cost you some money. It's going to cost you some reprioritization of how you do life. See, because the majority of us, the reality of all of us, guess what? Guess what our main problem is? Guess what we're focused most on? You and I, whether we like it or not, we are all lifesavers not the kind that you think will sacrifice themselves to save someone else. No, no, we're, we're lifesavers. Guess whose life we save most? Our own. Think about the insurance that you have. Why do you have insurance? Why do we have insurance? Why do you wear a seatbelt? Why do you have airbags in your car? And why do you look for a five-star rating and crash test rating when you buy a car? All those things are important. Why do you not go to bad neighborhoods at, the, at different times in the night? You're all about what? I'm all about what? Self-preservation. It's all about saving me. You know, and, and Jesus comes along, and he introduced to this whole different idea, because we're all lifesavers. We're all trying to save ourselves. But Jesus comes along, and he says things like, this, like this, not this, but like this. Whoever devotes themselves to themselves will have nothing but themselves to show for themselves. Wow. So if I'm a lifesaver and it's all about me and I got to save my life, why would I want to give away my life? I want to save my life. Jesus is saying, if you do that, if you live that, If it's all about you, Jesus is saying, it will be a total loss. You will end up with nothing. Nothing for nothing gives you nothing. Great song. But think about this. This is heavy. I'm paraphrasing Jesus, but let's look at what Jesus really said. And this was Jesus' ministry. And I want you to understand, Jesus' ministry was huge at this point large crowds, we're talking thousands of people, were following Jesus around. Okay, why were they following Jesus? He gave them food to eat. Uh, He had great teaching. And the best thing of all, he would heal people of any and every sickness they had. Crick in the neck. Anybody got a crick in the neck? Okay, Jesus has healed that. No, big problems. You got a tumor? Jesus would heal that tumor. If you couldn't walk, Jesus would heal that. If you had some emotional, really intense, psychological problems, in Jesus' time they called that demon possession. People freaking out. Okay, saying weird things at the wrong time. Jesus would heal that, and it was crazy. People would shriek, they would call out, and you just go, Whoa, what is this? And, and, and it was almost like a zombie movie because all these people were coming to Jesus, coming to Jesus. And you had people with a leg, with a lamp, you know? And they, were, and they were all had one thing in mind. They had one thing in mind. Let me touch Jesus. See, because if I touch Jesus, so they would press in against him. They would press on him. And so Jesus like, man, and these weren't, you know, like we're here today, you know, people with cologne and deodorant who took a shower. These were dirty, smelly people, sick people. You could smell the sick out of their breath, you know, and it was nasty. And so sometimes it was just so much that Jesus had to pull back and say, hey, 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 I got to get in a boat and I'm going to preach from this boat because you guys are too much. So this was the scene. And Jesus, as all these people, by the thousand throngs of them, Jesus turned to them and he said to this, if anyone comes after me and does not hate his father, his mother, wife, and children, brothers and sisters. Whoa, time out, Jesus. You've been talking about love. In fact, Your commandment, your greatest commandment is what? Love one another, right? Now you're saying hate? I don't get it. So I'm supposed to hate these people? Who are the people that we love the most? These people. Okay? Is Jesus saying hate in the form of animosity, anger, resentment? For some of us, this might be a relief. Yeah, Jesus, come on. (laughs) Preach that. I got all of that and more. I'm covered, Jesus. No, no, Jesus is talking about something a little deeper than... He's talking about if you live the way I'm teaching you to live, the people that you know and love are going to interpret that as hate. Not that you hate them, but you rearrange who directs your life, because who who has the most influence on us? Let's be honest, Uh, dad, mama, my wife, she's always telling me what to do, and my kids, uh, my brothers and sisters, these are people that, they, to a great degree, they control my life. Jesus is saying, not anymore. If you want to follow me, if you want to be one of my disciples, you're going to have to rearrange this, and people aren't going to feel good about this rearranging of the authority in your life. He goes on, and he, he says this. He says, not just these people, but even, yes, even their own life. This is where it gets touchy. See, because the majority of us, who directs our lives? I appreciate my parents. I appreciate my brothers, sisters, children, wife. But guess who's in control? Me. Jesus says, no. A person like that can't be my disciple. So here we got a, a thinning out of the crowd because everybody's there for food, teaching, healing, you know, all good stuff. But now Jesus is saying, listen, you can attend, you can follow me around, but that doesn't mean you're my follower. For us so we can understand, you are not a Christian unless you're ready to rearrange your priorities, unless you're really, really ready to rearrange the authority and the control of your direction of your life, the decision-making. can't do it. Now, all the people that were in the it's-all-about-me class, at that moment, picked up and left and went to the yoga class they went to the Zumba class. See, because the reality of all of us is that you and I are all about, and what is the essence of what Jesus is saying? The essence of following Jesus is, is self-denial, not self-improvement. Do you know that our economy in the United States, this is really hard what Jesus is saying. For you, for me, for Americans, do you know that our economy is driven by self-improvement? It's a multi, multi, multi multi-billion-dollar industry, self-improvement. And Jesus saying, "No, I'm not about that. I'm not about self-improvement. I I I want to take it a notch higher. I'm about self-denial." I'm about you saying no to you so you can experience something higher, something greater. Jesus goes on, and he he doesn't finish there. He says more. He's not finished. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Now, for the first century followers, he meant what he said. You might die for following me. But there are very few of us in the United States of America that will have to die for following Jesus. There's a couple. Last year, there were a few people, you know, college students, shot in the head in Oregon because they decided, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus. They could have changed it. They said, no, I know what's coming. And this is the moment that Jesus talked about. So take my life. I'm with Jesus. That's heavy. But for the great majority of us see now that would be quick, you know, die done. Heaven. The hard part is dying every day. isn't it? That's the hard part. See, because a one-time deal, bam, you're in, It's over. But this idea of dying every day, see, this is what it means to follow Jesus now. We read this, and I'm going to give you some more. We read this, and we go, how does this make you feel? Let's be honest. It's heavy, isn't it? It's dark. Mm, I'm not super inspired now. That's heavy. That's heavy. That, that's really intense, what, what we're talking about. And then earlier in his ministry, he said this. He said, then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be to my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross. How often? See, just because you did it yesterday or last Saturday, you denied yourself. Remember when we were at the homeless shelter, we denied ourselves, denied our Saturday. But this Saturday, you mean I got to do it again? Yeah, that's what Jesus is talking about. You do it every day. You say no to you. Now, does this fire you up? Hmm heavy right it can seem that way but I want you to understand he, then he goes over and says this in Mark Mark 8 34 you know different time different place then he called the crowd the crowds were kind of walking around and Jesus called them he called them along with his disciples and said whoever wants to be to my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me verse 35 and for whoever wants to save their life will do what lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will what? Save it. Hey, you want to save your relationships? you got to lose yourself. Hey, you really want to answer those two first questions? You want to have people line up at the end of your life and thank you for fill in the blank? This is what it's going to take. And I, I, I want to take a little ne- deeper you want to have a successful marriage a real one it's going to take that it's going to take that you want to have a great family it's going to take that this is so so powerful this is so powerful what Jesus is saying and so here let's sum it up to deny yourself is to say no to you so you can say what yes to something bigger than you. See, it seems heavy when Jesus said you've got to deny yourself and it's, see, because we're small thinkers, we're just thinking about it right here and right now. We're not long-term thinkers. We're not thinking of the big picture. But Jesus is basically saying this, living for you is no purpose at all. I want to invite you. He's saying, come with me, and I will invite you. I will take you on a journey so you you can live for something greater than you. Because if you just live for you, I mean, total loss is very empty. And that's why so many people come to the end of their lives and they go, what have I done? What just happened? And people, a lot of success on the outside you know they did all this work to take care of their body and to be healthy and they still die of something something takes their life and Jesus says hey I want to invite you to something more significant than your health than your balance on your, your balance sheet what your net worth is I want to invite you to something deeper that's bigger more significant than you ever seen this? If you're married, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're, you have parents, you know exactly what I'm talking about. This is the tug of war. And this is the majority of all relationships. And even in our church. It's sad. Because Jesus got the answer and he's offering it all the time. But what happens in a marriage? What happens in a family? What happens in relationships? you got two people pulling for what they want, what's theirs. It's all about me. And if you take more than what's rightfully mine, if I am on the short end of this rope, we're done. I'm done. See, because he took advantage of me. She took advantage of me. This relationship's over. I don't feel like she's given enough. I don't feel like he's given enough. And guess, instead of the rope, guess what can be put in the middle of that rope? Children. You think children are like ropes you can pull back and forth? So what's the problem here, Jesus? Why is this stuff going on? Why is it so prevalent in our church and in our society? Why are people in such a mess? I can relate. Every relationship that I had before I was a follower of Jesus was experiencing this. Every one of them. See, because I was always looking out for who? For me, it was always about me. And if I felt at any point somebody was trying to take advantage of me and I was getting the raw deal, guess what? We got problems. I had problems with my parents I had problems with my brothers and sisters. I had problems with my friends. I couldn't keep a girlfriend for very long because we would always fight. And the reality of of it is, a lot of these people couldn't put up with my selfishness. And I'll admit it. Guess who was my greatest enemy in all my relationships? And you think he's the problem. And you think she's the problem. And you think your boss is the problem. You think this or the other. Hey, Jesus is trying to tell you. This goes on. James said it. Jesus' brother said it in in his letter that he wrote. He said it in James 4, 1. He said, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Doesn't it come from that desire that you have raging in you? You want what you want, and you can't get it. So you fight, quarrel, you make war. This is big. Sad part is, this is a total loss. And you think you're going to do it over and hit the restart button with somebody else? How many times does it take for you to start over with somebody else and then you go, I'm having the same problem in this relationship and in this relationship and in this relationship and in this family and in this situation? Guess why? Here it is. You're not denying yourself yourself you are the problem I am the problem. This goes on in church. Let's talk about this while we still have time In the church there's a difference because Jesus is breaking it down and a lot of people are following him I mean the 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 pews were full the church was overflowing Wherever he met Jesus would dismiss the crowd. You guys go home now. They show up at his house. He'd try to have lunch, and they show up. Hey, give us some of that, Jesus. What you eating? Give us some of that. Can I have a slice? Jesus like, wait a minute. Do you really get what my ministry is all about? In our church, what's the difference between church attenders and church builders? How do you know? Hey, you're a guest here today. How do you know who in this group of all these people, how do you know if this church is about church attenders or church builders? People who are guests, they know. You know how they know? They know because when they come, someone was expecting them. Somebody was ready for them. I mean, you got the teachers downstairs that were ready for their children, welcoming their children. You know, it's like, it's, like a, it's like a, guess who's coming to dinner? You're coming to dinner, and we're really glad you're here, and we're fired up. That's how guests can tell if a church is about church builders or church attenders. How do you tell church attenders when they show up, how often they show up? Is, are they attenders if they show up late a lot? Or are they builders? They are tenders. Let me go back to what Jesus said. See, you can come, you can be around, you, I'll, I'll heal your mom, I'll feed your kids. I, you can come and be hang, you can hang with me. but you're not my disciple. You're just an attender. You're following me around, but you're not really a part of what I'm doing. And you will not change the world and you will hemorrhage your life just like everybody else. You want things to work out for you? Deal with the problem. You are the problem. And here's what happens. Same thing in Christianity. Same thing in Christianity. Guess what churches do? They build churches for people that want to attend. Both Non-members, but also their members, and it's awesome. I mean, you could get everything—you got coffee thing out there, and, and donuts, and and it's just, it's awesome, man. I mean, I, who wouldn't want to be a part of that? But then, meanwhile, their lives are just a mess, and they call themselves Christians. Whoa, time out. See. These teachings that we've been looking at about denying yourself and carrying your cross, that, 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 that's not a lighthouse teaching. I want you to understand that. That's not a, 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 you know, this group of churches or that group of churches. This is Jesus, plain and simple. It doesn't get taught a lot. In fact, it doesn't get talked about in many churches. Why? Because people don't like it. Guess The, the people who are in it for them aren't going to stick around. They're not going to make it. It happened with Jesus, John chapter 6. Look at it. Read it. His teaching was too intense. He said, what? You're, doing, you're asking us to do what, Jesus? Peace out. And Jesus looked at the 12. He said, do you want to go too? Peter said, gave the best answer. He said, Jesus, where are we going to go? Let me break it down for you. <laughs> you know, when I came to this church... A long time ago, my life was a wreck. It looked good on the outside, but it was a wreck. My heart was a wreck. And I said, God, I'm really tired. I'm really tired of doing things my way, and I have no idea how to do this because everything I touch seems to be turning to just a mess. And I don't want that. Yeah. And I don't want to reach the end of my life and wonder, is that it? Because I started to do the math, you know? OK, go to, go to college, get a degree, OK? Then you get a job, you start making some money, you accumulate some, some stuff, buy a house, have some kids, find a woman, you know? And, and, and then you get more stuff, and then you retire, and it's over. That's it. No, I got something inside of me that's saying there's more. There's more. But I got to talk about this, guys, because there's too many of you. You're just attending church, and I got to say it. You're not doing Jesus any justice. You're not following Jesus. You're not a part of what He's doing. You you're fooling yourself. Listen to what he's saying. You've got to follow me and say no to you. And you've got to invest yourself in other people, in God. And it's not heavy. It's actually awesome because ever since I started doing it Jesus way, guess what happened to my relationship with my parents? I mean, wow. Everything was fixed. I mean, let me me just tell you about last week, you know, a week before last, my mom was, my dad got moved three times during the time that I was there, hospital, rehab center, back to the hospital, she was freaking out. I said, whoa, 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 calm down, mom, I'm here. We get to the rehab center and there's not enough nurses. My mom's like, he can't stay here. No one's going to watch him. He could get up in the middle of the night, fall. She's freaking out. And I said, mom, and I, I could feel it, guys. I could feel it. Careful what you say here because it's going to cost you. I said, Mom, I'll stay up all night with him. Go home and go to bed. I didn't want to do that. And I was tired. It's three hours later there. You get up at 6 in the morning in, in, in Florida, and it's 3 a.m., and you're like, dang, what time is it? You know? And then it's time to go to bed at midnight, and it's, it's 9 p.m. here, and you're like, I don't want to go to bed. I'm not tired. And so there's stuff like that. And I can tell you because of Jesus, our relationships are so much better. If it weren't for Jesus, this relationship with my wife, forget it. She's better at it than I am. But I can tell you guys, none of my relationships will work if it weren't for Jesus. You know, I talked about this at Christmas, reconciliation Christmas. Remember that? I did my homework. I had one of the biggest, most incredible talks with my sister and my brother-in-law, and I just said, you know what? We may not agree on things, but we're going to be family. If I've done anything, if I've done anything to hurt you, to offend you, forgive me. Man, we cried. We reconciled. And we got to focusing on, okay, how can we help our parents through this season? And we made a commitment. We're going to be family. How about you, bro? How about you, sister? Are you you reconciling? Are you doing what Jesus said? That takes to self-denial. That's not what I wanted to do. I didn't want to do any of that. Ask me what I want to do. None of it. So this is all how we're going to build this church. Rachel getting baptized today. Guys, let me just tell you, it came, it's a fruit of church builders. This teen ministry is about, the only reason why it happens is because there's people that say, I want to build this church. Worship ministry, all of it, children's ministry, they start out like this and they grow up and they decide to follow Jesus when they get older. That doesn't happen by accident. It comes from this, not this. This is, th- this, this, This is all, you know, it's just foam. It looks like it's there, but it's not. It's air. So I want to call our whole church today to be church builders. If you need some help with what to do, ask. But I know what the problem is. You're happy enough just to be attending church. Jesus doesn't want that. Jesus is talking to you. All right, let's wrap this up because I know some of you are ready for lunch. <laughs> but this may help. Whoever devotes themselves to themselves will have nothing but themselves to show for themselves. This is how our world that we live in rolls. Watching the commercials, watching in everything we do, but the reality of it, guys, I'm, I'm walking around in my dad's house because I'm thinking he can't come back home. This house that he built, and he spent his whole life, he can't come home. he's got to be an assisted living for the rest of his life. And I'm walking around this house and look at the floors and look at the walls, I go into his office, and there's this certificate, and there's this photograph, and there's these and this and the other, all these accolades. And I'm going, "You know, all this stuff is going to go in a box, and it's over. I'm as depressing. And it really made me think, none of the stuff that we do for ourselves and for this life, we can't take it with us. It's over. But if you do things for others and for God, guess what? You take it with you. It'll go with you. It'll go with you. And, and here's the opposite end of the spectrum here. You know, we, God talks about purpose. Purpose, if you want to know what your purpose is, It's found just on the other side of the border of what it's in it for me. You you gotta cross that line. And some of you, you've been disciples a long time or you've been in a Christian a long time and guess what you've gone back to doing? Somebody hurt you, something happened, some situations were unraveling and now you're going back to doing this, this? There's no purpose in that, you know that. Yeah, but he did me wrong, or she did me wrong, or this happened. Yeah, but that's on them. Don't make the mistake of not following Jesus. And what would Jesus say about the decisions that you're making right now? Come on, Peter. Would he give it a blessing? Would he say, I'm good with that decision? Oh, I don't know. It's right there. It's in black and white. Look, it's right here you can read it for yourself and if you need help with it I'll be glad to in the coming weeks we're going to talk about it it's real clear so what's going on with our church there's too many people focused on themselves what's in it for me and I understand look guys we're getting bombarded by this 24 7 it's like and if you're not careful if you're not wake up and go whoa 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 time out I don't want to be like them. On Facebook, Twitter, it's there all the time. You, you, you. You got you to focus on you. Here's Jesus. if you devote yourself to more than yourself, you will have more than yourself to show for yourself. Here's what Jesus is saying. You're not worth living for. If you live for you, it's going to be a total loss. If you live for something greater than you, now we're talking. Okay. Talking impact, we're talking significance, we're talking a life. At the end of it, people will line up and say, man, thank you. See, I'm good. I got it both ways. I'm going to be in a line thanking somebody for the impact that they had on my life. And I'm gonna have a line of people thanking me for having an impact on their life. I don't know why. I sometimes go, but you wanna know why? Because I just decided I'm gonna do it Jesus' way. And I'm gonna do what somebody else did for me. See, they did it for me, so I'm gonna do it for somebody else. Here's how simple it is. Invite somebody to church, study the Bible with them, And you can redirect their eternity. That's how easy it is. And and you know what else you get? You get a best friend along the way, a lifelong friend. I got people, friends of mine in South America, Central America, East Coast, West Coast. They're all over the place. Just because I decided to do it Jesus way. What a blessing. It's not heavy to deny yourself and carry your cross. It's awesome. It's the best. All right, so let's wrap it up. I keep saying that, but what I'm not doing. It. So let me let me let me let me break it down for you. Jesus is calling us to an abundant life. And what the world is dishing out is not abundance. You know this. Why is it that after the vacation and all the self-indulgence, you know, you go to the club and you do all the stuff and you, man, you had a big time. Why is it that after that big time, you go, "Mm, when's the next big time? Why is it that you come back from all that stuff and you go, "Mm, it's like cotton candy. Tasted good at the time, but gone now. I want to propose to you, maybe take a, a member missionary trip to the third world and help the poor. Ooh, you take that with you. You take that with you because you will never forget what they taught you. It's not about all your stuff. So let's wrap this up. I just, I just hope that we as a church, you if you're a guest here, that you can wrap your heart around this because God has great plans, but you've got to get out of the way. And if you're a member of our church, I really want you to think long and hard. Draw out the list. Make a list of all the things that you do during the week. Who's it for? Who is the main player? Who is the main character in all this stuff that you're doing? If it's all about you, Jesus has a problem with it. And you might just find that there's a lot more satisfaction. Let's pray. And I'm going to dismiss you guys. I hope you have an incredible week. And we'll be back for part four of, to close it out, Resolution. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he comes and he he comes to give us an abundant life, a full life but sometimes it's hard, God. It's not easy to deny ourselves. And I, I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit will go out of here today with us, helping us to see the world for what it is, to look beyond behind the curtains and see, God, that this, this life that the world and the commercials and everybody's pushing is empty, and it will be a total loss. Father, we ask you, God, to invest ourselves in what's eternal And I pray you'll put it on our heart, God. Put it on our heart, what you want us to do. And I know there's a lot of things going on around us that we can put our hands to. Bless us and help us. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for giving your life for us. Help us to give our lives for you and for the people around us. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Have a great afternoon.